0: And welcome to episode 2 of Friday Fundamentals for Creative Entrepreneurs. Today, we're going to be talking about a host of different topics, uh, including hobbies, should one monetize hobbies. We're going to be talking a lot about looking inwards and doing some soul searching to figure out our real motivators and uh, anchors for uh, choosing to go down the path of creative entrepreneurship and uh, in episode one i promised to let you in on some people from my personal network who've helped me grow as an entrepreneur so today we're going to meet one such very special person uh we both studied together we did our uh, masters in business administration together so i know her for about 14 years now uh we both got out of the corporate sector around the same time and started our entrepreneurial ventures she's a creative entrepreneur herself Um, She's been voted LinkedIn's top voice in 2017, she's a TEDx speaker, she's a prolific writer, she writes on a variety of topics, on several different forums, she's also an author, she has written a book called The Entrepreneur's Soul Book, which is a book that I keep going back to very often, and above all, she's a lovely human being and a great friend, I'm very thrilled to introduce to all of you today, Swati Jenna.
1: Hello, Swati. Thank you so hey, much buddy. for being on the show. My pleasure. And I'm so glad that we are doing this. Same here. Um, so just,
0: just to give all of our uh, listeners and viewers a background. So Swati and I have had umpteen discussions on entrepreneurship. And uh, like I said earlier, she's, she's an acclaimed author. So we're really looking forward to hearing everything that you have to say today, Swati.
1: Thank you for that kind introduction, ati I hope, uh, you know, this discussion is useful for the audience and congratulations for this uh, podcast and series that you're doing. I think it's uh, so nice that you're looking into the specifics of the challenges of uh, creative uh, entrepreneurs. So I am looking forward to it as much.
0: Thanks Swati. So Swati, can you begin by telling us your own experiences with entrepreneurship? Mm -hmm. I know you are a creative entrepreneur yourself as well. Mm -hmm. So can you tell Mm -hmm. us a little bit about your experience?
1: Mm -hmm. So I have, this is my second entrepreneurial venture. So I tried taking the plunge once earlier in 2013. I did that for a year. So learning has always been a passion. So my first venture was a learning organization. I did that for a year Uh, and I made, I did make some money. So that's really, the benchmark and you make some money are there some people paying you so I did make some money but I realized a lot more preparation is required because that was really an unprepared plunge into entrepreneurship so I went back to work Then, 2017 I took the second plunge which is Mm -hmm. my current venture uh, which is into writing Um, I started with something called Ghostwriters World uh, where it was about writing for organizations for others but um, I realized the area that I want to really play a role in is uh teaching of writing so i'm setting Mm. up an online school called write for which is a domain specific writing so this is my second venture it's been a learning experience in fact the book you mentioned comes Mm. from that experience of i don't know i don't know to you know the discoveries that we make along the way a lot of the conversations that you and i have on a day-to-day basis right yeah so
0: Swati, you know um one thing that I've noticed about creative entrepreneurs is that it almost always begins from a skill that they possess. So it could either be a hobby that, you know, they've nurtured or something like that. So, and uh, we've spoken about this as well. Uh, You know, this fundamental question of should one monetize their hobby at all? You know, there are pros and cons, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on it.
1: Okay. So I think the first thing that I want to say is it is not necessary that you need to monetize your hobby. I have been a big uh, proponent of, you know, having a hobby because a hobby is something that, uh, that is really dis- uh, disappearing from the surface of the art. Uh, because, you know, now watching uh, sitcoms has taken over. So I have been telling people you should have a hobby. And if you have a creative uh, talent, whether it's music, whether it's art, whether it's writing, mm-hmm. and you, you do it just for the love of it. That is good enough. So why that's the first part of my answer. And why I want to say it is sometimes because you find other people monetizing it, you might have this fear of missing out that, you know, am I losing out in an opportunity and that'll take the joy out of uh, something that you love doing anyway right so it is not necessary second if you want to have a larger impact using your skill there are many ways where, mm-hmm. you know you could um let's say you have art these days artists come together and paint entire slums you've seen that kind yeah. of work right yeah. so again it doesn't involve monetizing it but you can use your art to create a larger impact right so you could look at that Now, if you do want to monetize it, um, then there are also different shades to that aspect of monetizing it. Are you talking of building an entire career out of it or replacing your current job? Because then we are talking of a different level of uh, monetizing it. If you're already working, it should replace your salary. Or you want to build a full-fledged business, uh, which is a completely different ballgame. Versus you want to say that I want to just do it on the side. So let's say you're into jewelry making, then you might go to you know those occasional exhibitions or take those uh, you know uh, orders from a specific group of customers. So you have a side stream of money, which money. either supplements your current income or you know if you're not working, then it gives you some uh you know monetary uh support in that sense. So when you say monetize also I think we need to define on to what extent you want to monetize it. So okay. I think I think that's the way to look at it. Yeah, that's that's very insightful Swati because you
0: know um uh, a hobby gone commercial also yep. gives you money but a hobby gone commercial yep. is not the same as running your hobby as a business so yeah. yeah yeah i think i think each person has to do some soul searching to figure yeah. out yeah. which spectrum of that spectrum, uh, yeah. they want to be in Right. So I think the next thing I wanted to ask you, um, you know, since you write about entrepreneurship and you talk about entrepreneurship very often, you know, there's so much content and material available out there. But, you know, the challenges faced by creative entrepreneurs are fairly unique. Right. Yeah. So, so what's yeah. your take on, you know, creative entrepreneurship as a as a field? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I think even you know, if your starting point is a creative uh, Talent and skill you have. Um, if you become an entrepreneur, of course, you are going to face all the same challenges as any other entrepreneur. Yeah. But because you are a creative entrepreneur, I think an additional unique challenge that we face is that we love our art, whatever form of you know creativity that you have, right? Um, and there comes a lot of things. For for example, I write. You paint, right? So uh, we we given all the freedom, there's this specific kind of thing that I would like to write on, right? A specific uh, you know, I would like to experiment with it but when I write commercially for someone, a lot of that freedom is taken away. I don't get to choose the topic a lot of times I don't get to choose uh, the approach so much or I don't get to experiment as much, right? Um, it's a completely uh, different dynamic. So uh, that is a mental preparation that you need to have, otherwise you will be in for a root shock <laughs> suddenly you realize that something that i was so passionate about how come it is so joyless right? right um and if you are creating that product right so like you said we start off with solopreneurs which means uh, you are doing the writing you're doing the painting etc so you have to be prepared that uh, doing it for someone else may not have a lot of the freedom that that you have uh, while doing it for yourself but i think that's Mental preparation that's required. Second, also um, you know aspects of business. Something like you have to ask people for money. Right. Um, so you, if you love your art too much, then you might you feel shy, or even feel proud to you know take money for it, right? All of that has to change if you have to get into entrepreneurship uh, using your art. Then other people will definitely need to get involved at some point in time, right? Um, how someone else sees art versus how you see art could be different. So all of those those things And it need not happen overnight, like irrespective of whether you're a creative entrepreneur or any other field, you're a, entrepreneurship is a learning journey, right? We all evolve with time, no one knows it all on day one. It's going to be the same for creative entrepreneurs, but these are the unique I think challenges that we will face along the way. Yeah. I resonate a lot with that Swati because, you know, there are times when I get certain
0: orders, even if it's something as small as, you know, okay, yeah. I want it in this color scheme, but that that doesn't come naturally to me. So, yeah. you yeah. know, even before starting on working, I need to do a lot of mental yeah. preparation saying I have to put yeah. my personal self aside yeah. and, you know, uh, uh, get yeah. this a uh, little dispassionate uh, view yeah. about yeah. executing the order. So, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. totally yeah. resonate with Swati, so, so uh, you spoke, uh, you touched upon this uh, point uh, just a little while ago about being solopreneurs, right? So when uh, when most creative entrepreneurs start, uh, they yeah. are doing everything, right? Right from the thinking uh-huh. to designing, yeah. executing yeah. it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, even if it's a physical product, packing and delivery, if it's a yeah. service, yeah. the service yeah. delivery. Yeah. So, yeah. And, uh, you know, we both have experienced this at some point Mm -hmm. in times in our lives that it leads to a certain state of burnout, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, it so happens that, you know, you have to hustle through that journey. But, uh, you know, what's what's your word of advice for people Mm -hmm. going through that now? And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, how does one circumvent it if there is a way to do that?
1: Mm-hmm. so uh, one is initially probably we'll have to go through the pain um, so maybe podcasts like this will uh, at least help people be mentally prepared for what's coming the way and uh, to be honest and I think we've had those conversations these are the most joyless parts <laughs> of the work right you have to you know, create proposal so in my work I have to create proposals or go for meetings and uh, you know invoice and that purchase order process and following up for payment it's really the most joyless you know killjoy part of the work but you have to have to do it right. uh, and I, I think that might also slow you down because if you're also creating the product and then mm-hmm. you also have to do all the surrounding somewhere your ability of how much volume of work you can take on uh, will slow down so we'll have to see that in perspective based on how fast or how much we want to grow the business um i think initially doing it yourself Uh, for a while might be unavoidable but Mm -hmm. there could be practical ways so for example if it is something like billing etc if you have you know some members in the family who could help you out with a part of it if it's something like packaging etc you have grown up kids at home you know they can be employees just pay their pocket money as well it's a good opportunity for them to learn professional work and you know actually work for the money that they get so some of of these uh, you know people in our ecosystem and surrounding they can be used so solopreneurs end up using a lot of you know part-timers and these kind of small assignments Mm -hmm. and then once you have enough scale or enough ability to get at least some of those roles on board, then you do it. So I think it has to be like a gradual process. That is the way uh, to go ahead. But I don't think in the long run, it, it is going to be sustainable um, yeah. to try and do the core work as well as the surrounding work yourself. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, you know, uh, we've again spoken about this so often. So, you know, I'd love for you to uh, tell our audience that as well, like entrepreneurship is is glamorous right uh, yeah. on the face of it uh, but mm-hmm. there is a lot of uh, uh, soul searching one needs to do mm-hmm. before even deciding okay do mm-hmm. i want to go down this path because there's yeah. not behind the scenes that people don't often yeah. see yeah. Yeah. Um, and i know that you've covered it very extensively in your book so you know if yeah. you can just give us and our audience a sneak mm-hmm. peek into what you know what you have mm-hmm. said in your book then uh, you know mm-hmm. that would be great
1: yeah so uh and uh, i'm so glad that we are talking about this and i think um we can talk 10 times more than it's still not going to be enough this is such an underappreciated point but so important in fact the first chapter of my book says that self-awareness before product idea right Mm. um it is entrepreneurship is a uh, is a lonely journey even if you're not a solopreneur and you have others with you it is still largely a lonely journey a lot of times even the family does not get it and I talk a lot about even communicating with the uh, family etc because I've experienced that with my parents um, but uh, even then it is I think a large even with an understanding family it is a it is a lonely journey uh, there, there are things that only maybe another entrepreneur would get it if you get to discuss but often we don't have that much time to uh, talk to each other as well they aren't such support systems so a lot of soul searching is required and I think it is uh, entrepreneurship is very revealing to yourself uh, because you discover aspects of yourself that you wouldn't if you were in the humdrum of a job because there there's so much support systems yeah. there, right so yeah it it exposes your weaknesses to you as well which is good if you learn how to take it so a lot of my weaknesses have been exposed to me and I'm forced to admit that you know what you better start working on these aspects of yourself but we will not hear this uh, being talked about openly about entrepreneurs, because think of it, an entrepreneur who's establishing his or her startup, if they start as much as we're talking of vulnerability, if you're talking about it before you've established yourself, it, it will backfire a lot of times. So people maybe won't talk about it unless they have reached the top and that will only be a few stories. But I think which is why conversations like these are very valuable because mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of soul searching on whether you have the right mindset, Basic things like discipline, um, things like uh, resilience, and these are easy to say, but on a day-to-day basis, when you have to practice it, um, uh, that's why they say it's a learning journey. If you can sustain it, it will make a uh, you know man or woman out of yeah. you in a way yeah. that nothing else would. Yeah.
0: So Swati, if you were to uh, you know, pick maybe top two or three things that one must definitely consider before, you know. Uh, deciding to be an entrepreneur what mm-hmm. what would they be?
1: Mm-hmm yeah so I think and I will also uh, maybe keep in mind your audience uh, which is creative entrepreneurs uh, answering it I think the first one particularly for a creative entrepreneur and if you are creating the product yourself to begin with it is also important to assess uh, the level of your skill Um, and maybe I might not specify this as a criteria for any other type of entrepreneurship but for this one so if you're doing something as a hobby versus if you have to sell something in the market then it is important to have a realistic assessment of the level of skill as well because right. uh, you know is it something that someone will pay money for right mm. that's one second um i think definitely um assessing what are going to be the requirements of running it as a business and uh, am i prepared at least do i have some idea of how to go about it you know the financial aspects of it um uh, selling you know that is inescapable irrespective of what role you're playing you have to have some skills of reaching out to people and at least selling the idea of what you're building etc those skills so have an assessment of your business skills at least you should have a threshold level of skills and like i said all of us refine our skills we might have different you know, levels to begin with, but irrespective, you all improve it as we go along the way. Uh, The third is uh, the entrepreneurial mindset. So, uh, in fact, um, you know, if you read uh, my book, um, I talk about it a lot on why do you want to become an entrepreneur? So, your first thing about entrepreneurial mindset starts with your reason of why you want to become an entrepreneur is it because someone else my friend also knows the art and she has built a business out of it do i want to do it or or someone is so successful and the glamour of it attracts me do i want to do it for that reason or someone i thought is not that good and that someone is doing well so definitely I can do it right so so if those are the reasons we are becoming entrepreneurs for um, then it can spell trouble vis-a-vis you know um, do I have? do you want to let's say uh, for color company I've heard you say a little bit of art in everybody's life and that appeals to me so much right mm-hmm. um, so if you if you have a deeper purpose um, or if you have that entrepreneurial knack which you want combine with your creativity and then you want to go ahead and give it a shot. I always say, if you want to give it a shot, that's a good reason because you are approaching it with honesty um, and objectively, not under any misgiving or hallucination, right? Right. So what's your reason to become an entrepreneur that needs to be evaluated. Also, you have to check on your financial, the practical aspects, right? Uh, Things like, are you working currently? Uh, and therefore, will your art immediately replay, be able to replace that salary? Mm. If not, then do you have like a financial buffer, right? And you should always keep a little more buffer than you think you would need the emergencies. And it always takes longer and etc. Right? Uh, what kind of financial support do you have? Are you the only earning member versus are there others? Do you know, what, up, what are your fallback options? Uh, I also strongly recommend in my book a lifestyle assessment. Having a lean lifestyle, which is not just in terms of how many things you have and how much time it needs to get spent in maintaining it, you know how many credit cards you have to juggle with, uh, you know all the things, even your social commitments, etc. Because when you are an entrepreneur, somehow that will. Uh, take a lot of focus so we have to be lean in every aspect of our life and that assessment is required also talking to family Mm. they may not all be on board but at least some level of alignment is required so all of you know, these things need to be looked at before we take the plunge into entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think,
0: uh, I think it'll be a great idea to, um, you know, link your book. So for the benefit of our viewers, I'll leave a link to the book. It's, it's just an amazing, insightful book. It's like, and I keep telling Swati, it's like talking to your friend. Um, It's not, it's not any rocket science, but you know, you ask very basic questions Mm -hmm. and if you fail to answer them, you know, you suddenly find yourself in a lurch once you've taken the plunge. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So, so um, I think I think I should do that. And uh, Swati, you you have you also have a background in product, right? So uh, yep. while you started off as an HR professional, you moved yep. into um, hmm. uh, into being a product manager as well. Right. Um, so can you give our uh, audience some insights about? you know there's this uh, concept of a minimum viable product that anybody who's selling a product at least needs to yeah. come up yeah. with mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. so how does one go about that and how can you how can you assess say i mean how do you test it out in the market just yeah. like some basic information
1: yeah. Yeah. so uh, a very uh, a commonly quoted example of an uh, mvp or minimum viable product in the product world when we talk of mvps is that of uh, let's say you're building a bike right? Uh, a motorbike, uh, that's your end product, that's your envisioned product. So a minimum viable product is like the scooterette, the um, the little um, thing yeah. that the kids yeah. ride. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, uh, and that helps you understand one thing. So a minimum viable product is something that has the functionality of your end product right right uh, so the end product takes you from point a to point b it's a two wheeler so scooter is a minimum viable product of course it does not have so many other parts so slowly you build it uh, why we build minimum viable products is um, you know that's that's what allows us to test our idea in the market uh, mm. is someone willing to pay for the idea the you might talk about the idea and people might go all gaga, but the test of, you know, the proof of the pies, are people willing to pay or they are only happy to get it for free, right? right, right, um, right. If they're not paying, then there is no business. Um, right. So that's why minimum viable product is important. Now in the space of art or, you know, whatever it is. So for example, let me give uh, my example, right? So my if I'm building writing courses, um, I of course have already a list of uh, areas and courses identified but I am not going to launch all my courses at a time so before I launched my first course which will go online now I've actually tested that course by delivering it in an online mode but in person so you know and uh, then I also played around with the fee so I started with a certain fee and I increased it to a point to say you know how much are people willing to pay for it and after this they're going to say it's too expensive, right? So I have also tested my price point over a year. I tested the course content and then I am, uh, you know, launching it. Mm -hmm. So that is what the concept of MVP and testing your product, right? So you have to identify then what is unique. If you're into jewelry making, there is something, a certain unique line of jewelry you're going to build Mm -hmm. or a certain unique messaging you're going to do. Test it out a bit and and that feedback will also help you improve the product.
0: Right, right. All right. So, Swati, um, I, I know we're, we're almost nearing, uh, uh, you know, I blocked off half an hour with you, and thank you so much for taking out time. So, I, I want to close this session with, you know, what would be your top, uh, maybe your top advice to an entrepreneur, a creative entrepreneur who's mm. thinking about taking the leap? You know, so mm. what would be your advice to someone in that life stage?
1: So, um, I would say that uh, plan it out um i uh, you know plan transition is all, always better um not to propagate my book but if you uh, you know in my book it is almost like a step-by-step guide that's the very yes, reason yes. i wrote that book uh, but if i were to just uh, tell it verbally also uh, but i wouldn't be able to say it in as much detail as i wrote in the book but uh, it's very important to plan it out right so uh, your financial assessment then your own personal business readiness how you build your awareness how you know how you assess your own <laughs> So in my book, I've given uh, introspection questions at the end of every chapter. So you ask yourself those questions. Prepare yourself over six months, one year, even financially keep a buffer. Mm. See, you cannot prepare yourself for the entire journey. Neither of us could, right? But you prepare yourself at least for the first one, one and a half year, which is about survival. So by one one to two years, if you have survived, which means you have (laughs) nailed your year one and year two, right? So prepare for that and make a planned transition across all the aspects that I mentioned, family, finances, sure. your skills, business readiness, business idea, etc. Sure. I, I think that's the one advice I'd like to give. Okay. So thank you, Swati. Thank you so much for your time. There are about 10 more
0: questions that I have to ask you. Uh, I think uh, I may have to plan another podcast with you because, uh, you know, we've not uh, covered a whole other section of, uh, you know, what after taking the plunge. Uh, So, uh, you know, I think uh, that only warrants another podcast with you. Uh, Hopefully, we'll be able to arrange that soon. And uh, thank you so much for your valuable insights. Uh, and uh, guys, the book is, is amazing and uh, I keep going back to it very, very often. So we're going to be drawing upon more insights from the book, hopefully in the next podcast, Swati. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time and thank you for all your inputs.
1: My pleasure. I really enjoyed uh, this podcast. And once again, congratulations to you. And thankfully, you're doing this because these are things we must talk about for those of us who have taken, you know, the plunge and walked the path, maybe it will make it a little easier, a little more sane for people coming after us. So kudos to you for starting this. Thank you. Thanks, Swati.
0: And uh, I hope to meet you soon again. Okay, so that was a cracker of a session from Swati. Such a great way to begin our series of guests on this podcast. Uh, I hope all of you enjoyed this and found this useful. I'm gonna quickly summarize my key takeaways from uh, my chat with Swati. I think the top uh, point to remember is that one need not feel pressured to monetize a, a hobby or a skill that they have. I know it's easier said than done, uh, especially with all of the visual influences and the social media influences that we're subject to today. Uh, but I think each one of us have, have to listen to our heart and uh, take, a, take a decision that we truly believe in. Should you choose to monetize your hobby? Decide where on that spectrum you want to be. Uh, you know, do you want to just create or make something and put it up for sale once in a while? Maybe you're doing a full time job and you just want to do this as a side gig. Maybe you're a full time surgeon and you want to do a I don't know a stand up comedy act once in a while. Uh, you know, go right ahead. Or do you want to go all the way and go all in? It's a very personal decision and a call that one has to take. Um, The next point that I really took away from this is to find the real purpose of doing this. Are we driven extrinsically or are we doing it because of an intrinsic desire we have? Um, Are we doing it because we feel X, Y, Z did it and so can I or she did it and I could do it as well as her? Or are we talking about, uh, you know, challenging ourselves? Are we, are we saying, hey, I want to look at how much I can push my creative limits. I want to test my entrepreneurial abilities. Uh, so when I started the color company, I just wanted to wake up every day and create art and bring color to everyone's lives. So um, that was a very, uh, you know, hazy sort of purpose to begin with, but it really evolved over the years. And uh, that kept me driven every day so finding the real purpose of why we want to do this is the next key step um another important step she spoke about especially for people who are deciding to go all the way fully in um, is to do some financial planning because obviously there is going to be uh, a loss of steady income during a transitionary uh, period so i'm sure we need to Uh, be wise about our investments, we need to figure out what kind of lifestyle changes we have to make, Uh, we have to figure out how we're gonna pay our bills, Um, and basically a financial backup plan. And the last and most important point that I took away from this discussion with her is about communicating with your near and dear ones. As an entrepreneur, uh, and especially as a creative entrepreneur, if you're doing all of the creation, as well as everything else surrounding entrepreneurship, you're going to be really stretched for time, especially in the in the first couple of years of uh, establishing your firm. Um, you're going to be deciding uh, to use your time between work and yourself and your family. And if you are an otherwise very social person, you're going to find yourself saying no to a lot of uh, you know, social gatherings, you're going to miss that party, you're going to miss that day out with your friends. Um, so it is going to be tough. And I think the onus is on, on each one of us as creative entrepreneurs to keep our near and dear ones in the loop. Um, it's only when you have them fully on board will you be able to uh, balance your time. So those were my key takeaways. I hope you found it useful. I'm definitely planning to have another uh, uh, session with Swati. And if there are any pointed questions that you'd like answers to, please feel free to reach out to us. The best way to reach us is on Instagram. We are the color company, I-N, C-O-L-O-U-R. Um, and uh, yeah, let us know if, uh, if there's any, any feedback at all that you want to give us. I hope you found this useful and until next time, stay tuned, happy making and happy creating.